Welcome to this special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. In this special series, I'm sharing with you 12 speakers from the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. I really hope you enjoy their wisdom. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome back to the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. Today, we're going to have a pretty juicy conversation about one of my fetish Topic. So I'm very delighted to welcome Peter Ackes here today, uh, the founder of NoMoreNewsletters.com. Peter, welcome. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. I'm going to read out your bio and then we'll talk about what No More Newsletters actually means. Like I said, I am a little bit obsessed about this topic. So folks, um, <laughs> Peter has a business where he specializes in talking to Yoga teaches yoga studio owners exactly on this topic. Specifically, he helps yoga studios sell more memberships. That's a good thing. Workshops, retreats, and teacher trainings by automating their email marketing. Now, everyone who's watching, you are not allowed to vague out. This is, we're going to get a little bit detailed here, but I promise you it's going to be so worth your while. So stay with us. Peter, can, we, can I start by asking you, um, uh, I want you to tell us what you actually mean when you say no more newsletters. What are you actually talking about? What I'm actually talking about is that uh, I have yet to encounter a yoga studio that does not run some form of newsletter. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that uh, most yoga studio owners do not really like writing newsletters. Mm -hmm. And also newsletters are not an effective way to actually sell things. And I know selling is a topic in yoga that some people are not always super comfortable with. But especially, you know, if you're if you own a yoga studio, like you need to sell memberships or you need to sell classes just to stay afloat financially. So it's something that you need to do. And a lot of people, um, a lot of studio owners tell me that their newsletter is meant to sell more memberships. But when you look into the analytics, like it really doesn't. I love it. I love it. Um, and folks, so, so, okay, then here's the follow up question for people who are like, you mean I never have to send another email again? What's, you're not talking about stop sending emails to people. You're talking about right. newsletters. What's the difference? Right. So when I say newsletter, I mean a very long email, right, that you send uh, if you're good once a week, if you're bad twice a year. That <laughs> <laughs> has, has information on like 12 different topics, right? We have a new teacher. We have a new class. Do you want to attend this workshop? Uh, here's a message or something I learned in teacher training, right? And, and a lot of newsletters are exactly like this. And all of those things individually can be like valuable things to share with people. But the problem is that a newsletter by definition is, is one email that's the same for all the recipients. And any given recipient might not be interested in any of it or in only a very small portion of it. So yes. what you're doing is you're sending a lot of information that's not relevant to people. And yes. therefore, you're training people not to open your future emails, right? Because people expect your emails to be full of things that they don't care about. So what happens the next time that you do send an email where you're like, hey, I've got this really cool retreat coming up. Do you want to join? People are like, oh, that's probably another one of those lame emails that I don't want to read. And they just chuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. And, and I, I, I yourself in the foot. Totally. And, and I see it, like people do, oh yeah, I have a quarterly newsletter, just like you said. So, oh, it's the autumn newsletter and here's me kicking the leaves and here's something Patanjali said and here's an Ayurvedic milk recipe and P.S. Would you like to come to my workshop? Like there's, it's almost like newsletters are a way to hide the, the selling piece. Yeah, exactly. It's just like what you're saying. People are not comfortable just saying, yeah. I have a workshop. 
it's going to be great for you. You should join, but rather they feel I need to put in all sorts of other things, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, you could totally reframe that and say, if you're running a workshop for your students, you have to be convinced that this is something of value that you're offering to your students. You should not feel bad, right? About asking them to sign up, asking them to pay because both parties are getting something out of it. And I think this is a mental shift that sometimes people have to make. Yes, preach, Peter. Oh my God. Yes, yes. I'm sure I've said that exactly multiple times. I love it. So, <laughs> um, so, so how did you figure out that this was a thing? Because this is quite a specific business that you've started. And for people who are watching that, you know, one of the things I love in the series is we get to talk about yoga businesses that are not, you can have a yoga business that's not just teaching yoga. There are so many different things you can do um, in the yoga space. How is it that you decided this was a thing that, that where, where there needed to be some more support? Yeah, there's a little bit of a backstory, which I will, uh, which I will tell you. So um, maybe five, six years ago, I was working in the United States as a corporate consultant. Um, and as a consultant, uh, it shouldn't surprise you that I was working way too much and it was not really good for me. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely some stress issues there. And at one point, one of my coworkers said, hey, I'm going to a yoga class after work. Do you want to join me? And I had never been to a yoga class before. Um, so I was like, I guess. And so I did. And it, I found it extremely relaxing. And that's exactly what I needed at the time. Um, even though it was, it, it was actually like a pretty intense, it was more like a workout kind of yoga style, right? Than, you know, like a yoga class or something. But that's exactly what I needed anyway. And so I started going to yoga classes regularly. Fast forward a couple months later, I actually completely burned out, totally stopped working. Um, yeah, it was pretty intense. And one of the things I eventually started doing as, as a recovery mechanism is going to yoga classes regularly. So that's how I started showing up at studios. Uh -huh. And but just by going to various yoga studios and seeing what they were doing with their email marketing, I was like, you know, I think there's an opportunity here. And so that's when I just <laughs> literally started reaching out to some studio owners and I was like, I think you can sell a lot more memberships if only you did these couple of things. And it turns out that is totally true. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. how it started. Wow. And were they surprised, the people that you started working with at the beginning? Um, I think a lot of people know that there are things possible. But, but when, you, when you talk about email marketing, a lot of people, first of all, think marketing is icky, right? It's getting in yeah. people's faces, yeah. like annoying people, being a pest, um, which is completely the opposite of what I think it should be about. Um, and also, yeah, they're, they're thinking, you know, I'm already a busy studio owner. There's so many things I have to do. I, I just want to like teach yoga or like plan cool classes and workshops. Yeah, I yeah. really don't want to spend my time on marketing, you know? And so people are not, uh, at first not excited, but then when you explain that actually you can automate your email marketing and you, it's a, a one-time setup thing and it will just keep running and it will keep selling memberships, workshops, retreats, whatever you want to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time. The setup is, is not, you know, there's nothing pushy about it, right? You're just making sure that you send the right email to the right person at the right time, right? Yeah. So you're, you're exchanging value with people. Once I explain that, they're like, okay, actually, it sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You said just now that um, some yoga teachers find even just the word marketing kind of icky, but that's not how mm -hmm. you feel about it. Give us your take on what marketing means when you're, when it's, when you're marketing yoga. Yeah. So the way I think about it is any type of marketing, you're going to say, look, I have something that's of value to you. Here's why I think it is great for you. And 
you know, let's make an exchange. Usually, usually people pay you money, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and for yoga specifically, uh, clearly we all know that practicing yoga regularly has benefits on many, many domains, spiritual, physical, right? Yeah. And so I like to think of it as this way, like, don't be afraid to, to like catch people's attention and say, this will be really good for you. Or you can also flip it and say, what are you currently struggling with in life? Let's see if a yoga practice could help you with that. So yeah. you're helping people. You're not, you know, I mean, there's a difference between yoga and like selling shady pills or something like that, first of all, right? But, but, even, but even so, like, it's just value that you're offering to people, which is true for most types of marketing. It's just that when you walk around on the street, you might see really annoying forms of marketing or you might get um, spam in your inbox, you know, that, that doesn't feel good, but it, marketing doesn't have to be that way. You can simply talk about what your product, your service can do for people and leave it at that. I love it. And I think what you said at the earlier too, about, um, the, the responsibility in fact is with the studio owner or the yoga teacher in that in order to feel great about your marketing, it's essential that in fact, you really believe in what you're doing. So if you don't believe yeah. in what you're doing, <laughs> you probably shouldn't be selling it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel like you're bothering people. Yeah, yeah. But when you're so obsessed about it, and I was just talking with a client just, just now, and we were talking about something new she's putting together, and I could feel it in her voice. And she was so excited about this and how it could help these types of people and what she could do with them. And like with that, then it's more about offering something of true value that you feel is really valuable rather than that sort of pushy, annoying marketing. Yeah. And I think anybody who is teaching yoga or running a studio has something valuable to offer. It's often just the case of like reframing it away from, I need things from people and I don't want to feel like I am begging them for things such as like signing up for a membership or coming to your class. Right. Um, But rather I am giving and you know, it's an exchange. Yeah. I really like that. And there's so many, there's so many metaphors and um, stories in yoga that talk about that exchange. And so I like that you use that analogy. I think it's, we can get our heads around that as yogis. It's not a taking, it's not a scarcity thing. It's about, it's about uh, exchanging. I I really like that. Okay. So, um, uh, so see folks, I told you this was going to be good and I'm sure like hit us up on Instagram. If you're like, ugh. Yes, I've, I send out a quarterly thing about autumn leaves. What's your Insta, Peter? Uh, that's over at No More, no more Newsletters. So okay, go easy. send Peter a message on Insta. Go get me, Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Confess to us. <laughs> sending out these tedious emails. We want to hear about it. No shame. I used to. God help me. I sent out some shockers. And I think also these days too, Peter, we talked about how, how folks can sort of pad emails out with, other pieces of information because they're hesitant to, to, to make an offer. But I also think that um, if, if, I mean, if, if anybody wants to find out anything ever, you just go search it on the internet. Like you just Google something. People aren't waiting right. for it to get my winter newsletter about these poses are good to stay warm. They just go find that when they want it. Exactly. And that's why I always say like, you can definitely email people. I, I think, you know, emailing people is, is, it's such a great way to stay in touch with people. I mean, yeah. for, I also am a big fan of Instagram, right? Yeah. But an Instagram is probably more of a hip, sexy marketing channel than email is, right? 
But um, first of all, on Instagram, you do not actually control your following, right? Like Facebook could pull the plug on that any day. So that's a risk to you. And um, with email, if you have people's email addresses, that's not going anywhere. That, that's sticking around. And the yeah. other thing is people are more likely to spend some time reading what you have to say if you sent them a, a good email. So maybe we'll get to like what a good email yes, is. Yes. Um, whereas like people just scrolling through their Instagram feed or Facebook or whatever, they don't, they're not, they're just kind of looking for cool pictures, you know? So like they're not necessarily going to stick around and like really absorb your message and let alone click on something, especially on Instagram. It's super hard to get people to actually click on something. So. I agree. So, uh, pardon me, folks. We have like my fur assistant being noisy down here. <laughs> Apologize. Um, and, uh, I love this. Again, today, talking to a client, true story. She, we, we've been spending a lot of time on her social media. Her Instagram is really looking good. And she says to me, I think I need to start doing something with my emails. And I thought, oh my goodness, bad coach. Has this gone on for so long? And so we had a conversation about, she said, do you think I should do more social or more email? And I said, both. Why, Peter? Why do people, why, even if they had the crushing it on Instagram, it looks fantastic. Other than the fact that they own the data, why else are emails important to be sending? Because you can make sure that you're telling people about the right thing at the right times. So for an independent teacher, that might look like um, just keeping, you know, letting people know what you're up to. If someone has been coming to one of your classes a lot, it's really nice to be able to tell that person, hey, I know you've been coming to my yin class a lot. Well, I'm hosting a yin workshop. Would you like to join? Mm -hmm. Th that is marketing, but it is marketing in a good way because you have more value, additional value to offer to someone, right? But Here's the trick. You want to send that only to people you think might be interested in your yin workshop. Don't send that to like everybody, like the people who you know are not going to have any interest in that because you're wasting their time and nobody likes wasting their time. And so if you're a studio, it's the same thing. You can, and, and I always talk about how you can automate this, but even if you run a very small studio, you could totally do this by hand. Yeah. It's when someone signs up for a new membership, like do they get an email from you that says, uh, what should you bring to your first class? Like someone who's going to take their first yoga class, they need to know what to wear and what to bring. Like, do yeah. you tell them this? And so that's a very timely email that they'll like really enjoy getting from you because it's helpful. And the same thing when someone buys an introductory pass at a studio and it's about to expire, they're not going to mind an email that says your intro pass is about to expire. Do you want to sign up for a full membership now? P.S. If you act fast, here's a 10% discount, you know? So like, yes, totally. yeah. I also wonder about, um, I also wonder about people's um, trust. And I, I know a lot of my yoga students, they tend to be older. They didn't grow up with the internet. And I suspect that they feel safer actually purchasing from an email than purchasing from social media. I don't know if that's a, if that bears out in data, but it feels like the an, sending an email actually is more compelling in order to lead to a purchase than someone being attracted to something that you're offering on social media. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak to the data broken up by age range, but I do know that email marketing generally has an extremely high conversion rate, much higher than, than social media conversions, just because in an email, right, you can send some valuable information. You know, if you do that consistently, you're training people to open your email. So then when you do come and say, here's like a retreat I'll be doing with a big button that's like early bird 10% discount or something, like people are likely to click that. I like what I agree. And I, I like what you said just now about making sure that you're tailoring what gets sent to whom and when I know. Oh, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I get really pissed off to be perfectly frank when, 
when I haven't been pixeled appropriately. Like when I get shown ads of something that I'm never going to buy, I'm like, well, someone's wasting their ad spend here. You know uh -huh. me. Why are you pixel this? You should have pixeled me better. I'm not ever going to buy that car. <laughs> uh -huh. so I think actually yep. we're, with all of that sort of cookies and pixels and all of that sort of stuff, people actually get frustrated when they're sent marketing material that, they're, that is of no interest to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's just your, it, I think it's because you're wasting people's time, right? Yeah, if you have yeah. something valuable to say, every time you show up in people's inbox, they're going to treat your emails as something that they're almost looking forward to. They know like, if I open this, there'll probably be something good in this for me. Or it's, you know, it's like a, like a Pavlovian reaction, basically, right? People are going <laughs> to be like, whoops, delete that one. So yeah. <laughs> She's always sending me stuff about that retreat. I already told her I can't go. Yeah. Yeah, actually, this is a great example because one of the things I'll see is I'll see people do this. Um, we're hosting a retreat and the retreat is not full and, it, and we're coming up on the retreat date. So now we're knocking off 20%, you know, to see if we can like get some more people to come join our retreat. But if you send a newsletter and you say, oh, we're taking off 20%, you know, do you want to join the retreat now? All the people that are also on your newsletter that have already signed up for the retreat, how are they going to feel? Because they paid the higher price. Like they're not going to be happy with you at that point. So, you know, if you're going to make a special offer like that to try and fill your retreat, like send that to people who have not yet signed up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Marketing faux pas. So people will be thinking, um, okay, that'll make sense, but how the fudge do I actually do it? Yeah. So this, this totally depends on the software that you're using. For most studios, if they're using something like MindBody, a lot of these emails are built into MindBody. Um, they're called auto emails. They're fairly easy to set up. Um, you just got to know what to say. Um, hmm. If you want to go more advanced, you can also use external software. I like to work with a package called Namaste Light. It's very fun. It totally integrates with your MindBody. Um, and so that's what I would recommend for studios. If you're an independent teacher, I would say, you don't need to automate things. You definitely want to stay in touch with people, not in like the newsletter format, but like <laughs> create an email list, right? So that you can let people know of relevant things. And that might be something like, hey, I went on a teacher training. I'm a lot better at teaching this now. You should totally come check out my class on this again. So that's, that's fine. That, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's good to send. Um, but yeah, it, it sort of, it depends on the, on the, the scale of your business, whether you want to automate it, but there's, there's solutions for like any business size. Yes. I, and, and folks, I mean, here's what uh, Peter and I haven't discussed this in advance, but I'm guessing he's going to agree with me if he even understands uh -oh. it because I'm old. If anybody is watching this video and you are still BCCing a list of people you keep on a word document, you must stop. <laughs> That was like, welcome to 2019, welcome to like 2004, but it is time to stop doing that. You can get yourself some kind of software that you don't even have to pay for. It does have the capacity to look at the reports and start to see who clicked what so that you can do exactly what Peter is saying and send them targeted stuff that's not going to annoy them or piss them off because they bought at a higher price. Yeah. And <laughs> And it, it may also actually be illegal. And so right. me living in the EU, yes. we, we had the privacy regulations come into effect last year. So we have to be extra careful about it. It's totally possible to do all of these things. You just have to be nice to people basically and give them a way out and tell them what they're getting when you sign them up. Um, but yeah, for anybody who's still doing that, like putting lists in a BCC, sign up for MailChimp, MailChimp.com, sign up for an account. It's free unless you have like a large number of subscribers. And just like you're saying, Amy, being able to track like 
who opens it and who clicks. Like if you see that only like 20% of people are actually opening your email, uh, you know, that's a clue that perhaps you should be writing better emails. (laughs) (laughs) And that gets to be good news. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You just get to learn some skills to write some better emails. So maybe because this is just, I think so valuable for folks. Can we change direction a little and talk about what makes for a good email? Or I know you've got a great, sort of um, uh, handout that we'll talk about in a sec. What are the, what are some good emails that people should be sending? Yeah. So um, do you want to talk about student studios first or individual yoga teachers? Cause it's different for those two. Up to you. Up to you. All right. So let's start with the studios. Okay. Cause that's the people that I work with the most mm-hmm. for a studio. I always say, think about the sort of journey of a person who first discovers your studio until like, I don't know, they're a regular at your retreats or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Think about all the steps in that journey. Someone discovers your studio. Maybe they're like a first time yoga, yogi. They they just have never taken yoga before, Mm -hmm. right? What do they need to know? So like I said, on your website, um, maybe you'll, you'll put like a big form that says, are you new to our studio? Leave your email address right? And we'll send you some information about how to choose your first class and what to bring. And so the how to choose your first class could be like, are you looking for more of a workout? Are you looking for relaxation? Are you looking for like more like a meditative thing? And then you'll just give them a really simple overview and be like, well, book this class if you want that, book that class if you want that. So that is now like at the very first interaction you're having with a potential customer, a potential yogi at your studio, you're already offering them value in a useful way, but you have their email address. So then once they come to that first class, you can send them an email and say, how did you like our class? Would you please fill out this, this survey? It'll take less than two minutes. You know, it's very fast. I just, we, we just like to always get better, you know, and we want to understand like what we did well and what we didn't. And then you can ask them like, was the class too crowded? Did the teacher come give you personal adjustments? Right. And maybe you can even ask people to leave a review on Google maps if they liked your, if they liked your thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, well, now that you've taken your first class, would you like to buy a uh, intro, like an introductory offer or like a full membership, right? Mm-hmm. And and that way you're sort of like following with the student along their natural journey and just sort of chiming in by appearing in their inbox at the correct moment. Mm-hmm. And these emails are good because they're very focused. They're You're talking about one thing. So you're saying, uh, would you give us feedback on your first class? That's it, right? And now you only have one thing for them to do, which is click the button that will take them to the survey. That's a very short survey, by the way. Don't do a 20-minute survey because nobody's going to do it. (laughs) So very short, like five questions. Um, Yeah. And so by sending by sending emails that are super focused and that come at the right time to the right person, that that's what makes a good email and what will have people look forward to them, open them, and a good amount of a good fraction of the people will do what you ask of them, not because, you know, they feel like they owe you something or because you're pressuring them, but because it makes sense for them too. Yeah. Like it. I like it. Yep. And, and so um, they're the ones that would just, they would just be on automated secret. They would just come out at the right time. It's not that someone has to get home every night after teaching seven classes and get into their Gmail and send out individual emails. <laughs> No, you know, it's funny because I, at one point I worked with the studio and they were working with sort of a traditional marketing agency. And, um, you know, the studio owner said, look, I I want to sell more memberships and workshops. And the marketing agency said, that's great. You know, what's really underrated these days is getting on the phone with people. So here's what we're going to do. You call 10 people, cold call 10 people every day 
and see if they want to come do yoga at your studio. And when I heard this, I was just like, are you kidding me? It's like, I was like, how, how did that make you feel? And she was like, to be honest, like I hate it because the last thing I want to do when I come home at the end of a busy workday is get on the phone and like try and convince people to come to my studio. And I'm like, of course, especially people who like, they're really cold leads. Like they yeah. don't, you know, they haven't shown any interest recently in your studio, right? Like, why would you do this? Yeah. So, so what we did is we just set up these automated emails. And of course she has zero time that she's spending on this because once you set this up once, it just kind of keeps running with all your existing students and any new students. And yeah, one of the emails that's helpful to send is the sort of the, we we miss you email. Hey, you haven't been to our studio in like two or three months. You know, would you like to come back or you know, you can even offer people a free class if they haven't been in a long time, you you can choose whatever, whatever you want. Um, Or you can ask people like, why haven't you come again? And people invite people to respond. Maybe they'll say, well, I moved to a different town. Okay. But maybe they'll say, actually, I think your memberships are too expensive. Or like, actually, I like the classes at this other studio better. This is all useful data, right? Um, So you can achieve these same things, but you certainly don't have to get on the phone with anybody. You don't have to sit there and manually email people. You know, you can do this all in sort of a modern and like technological way. So that, you know, (laughs) takes care of things for you. So if that's the, that's the sort of the onboarding sequence for a yoga studio, surely a very similar thing would work for a, like a freelancer or do you, would you suggest a different number of, or types of emails for someone who, who is self-employed? So if you are sort of an independent teacher, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would not worry about automating too much. Definitely get a software like MailChimp so that you can have an email address. And well, actually the number one thing I'd say I would do is, when you're teaching a class and there is a new student, ask for their email address. So I was at a yoga studio last night and it was very cool. They had like a little booklet and it was like, if you like the classes here, leave your email address. And then, you know, oh, the thing she did wrong was she then would send you a newsletter. But I like the idea of getting the email address. So, <laughs> so, because that means that you can, you can send people emails, right? And yeah. especially if you're an independent teacher and maybe you teach at like different studios, you're not necessarily always going to have the contact information of all of your students so you just ask them there's nothing wrong if you're if you're a teacher like think about it like i want to be able to offer more value to the people that are already enjoying taking classes with me and therefore i want to have a way to communicate with them so i want to ask for their email address it's fine some people are not going to say no that's okay no disrespect other people are going to do it and they're and then what you do is you send them periodic useful information so so one thing you can do is say hey, I noticed that a bunch of you in my class were having trouble with this particular pose, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a really good YouTube video that explains exactly, or you videotape yourself, or you know, which exactly explains how to do this pose. So this is gonna be slightly less targeted than what I would recommend for yoga studios, right? Because for an independent teacher, I mean, you know, it's a slightly more manual process. But, but when you're doing it this way, you're still being valuable to people right? You're still giving people a reason to open your email addresses. And also it doesn't take nearly as much time as writing that 2000 word newsletter. (laughs) So looking for the right picture, cropping it to the right, making something in word or paint or God (laughs) help us. (laughs) It happens. You know, you've got, I'm sure you've worked with people who's, who's still doing it. I know. Yeah, I know. And, and people take a lot of time on it too, which is the sad thing. It's like, you're spending a lot of time on it, but the, the result is not there. Like, why are you doing this? And invariably people do it because everybody else does it. It's just for some reason, it's just spread throughout the community of yoga. It's that yeah. newsletters are a thing and you should have one. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, but then if you're if you're a teacher and you've been giving people these specific tips every now and then, right? That just based on what you're seeing in class, it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Then when you do have something to invite people to, like say you're hosting a retreat, right? You don't feel bad or you don't have to feel bad about emailing all of your, you yeah. know, students and yeah. that you invite them to come to your retreat. It's not like they haven't heard from you in three months and suddenly you're selling something. It's like you're consistently offering them valuable things and now you're asking, hey, please, would you, yeah. And again, you have to have the frame there. They're getting something out of it too. Yeah, love it. And I think, you know, you can't, I mean, in Mailchimp, even if you are a freelancer and you rent church halls and whatever to teach, you can still segment, you can still sort of tag people and say, these are my Wednesday nighters and these are my Thursday mornings. And there's still a level of um, targeting that you can do, even if you just have a, yeah. like, I think I've got 80 people on my yoga student mailing list and I still know who likes this and who likes that. Yeah, and you can automate it a little bit too. So one yeah. thing you could do is you could spend sort of one hour writing an intro email being like, thanks so much for coming to my yoga class. I thought it would be interesting for you to know a little bit more about my background of what I do well and how I can be of use to you. You yeah. know, these are all the things I can do and what it can help you with. And rather than sort of like explaining this to different people over and over again, if you just write this email once and automate it and sort of as like an introductory email that anybody who yeah. gets on your list automatically gets, now you don't have to like tell your own story, you know, 80 times. Yeah. I love it. And because they are, emails are powerful. And when folks are watching this video right now, because they got an email from me and they clicked it and here we are. Um, and I, what you said just now about how people spend, can spend so long on emails that don't look good, don't actually convey the message that they're looking for. I think it's just a, such a powerful reminder that it's about, relevance and giving value oh. and that it doesn't have to take forever or or even like look very fancy oh no absolutely not yeah so i'm so glad you brought this up because i don't know why but for some reason like a lot of the studio owners that i've worked with feel that their emails need to look really yoga-y and it's you know <laughs> the it's just not necessary, oh, you know? Like it, come on, no, has, no. You, yeah. can't, you can't continue without, we want to know some like epic fail, your two yoga-y, because I do a newsletter assessment for people, so we could go to town on this. Like, what's the worst you've seen? Jump, don't name names. I think that the worst I've seen is people who like sort of would break it down by all the chakras or something, right? Which is like going to take a lot of effort. Um, and then putting like every part of the email in a different color that is the color that goes with that chakra. And, and I'm thinking, look, like if you want to explain this to people somewhere on your website, like go right ahead, you know, or write a, write a blog post about yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. what are you doing right now? You're asking people to come to a workshop. So just be, be frank about it and just ask people to come to your workshop and explain what they'll get out of it. Like, you know, stay simple. Um, it's going to take much less time. And also like, no offense, but do it. a lot of yoga studio owners are not designers. So, so <laughs> I am also not a designer, you know, but like, it's yeah. not necessarily going to look good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to hire like a professional designer to create a great, great brand and whatever, like power to you, that can be, that can be helpful for sure. Um, but you know, have assess your own skills in this area. <laughs> I love it. Mine is, um, I have a blanket ban. I won't, uh, like I, I will almost opt someone out of my 
my own mailing list for anybody who uses that stock photo of the woman in like the pirate blouse on the infinity pool if i see that picture like i'm done or there's also i have not this, seen this picture but it's i'm going to send it to you and, and there's okay. also this blonde woman and she's teaching a group of retirees that stock photo like i think all the or the stock photo of the woman in the pink t-shirt doing a yoga pose on the edge of a cliff like that one have you seen that one you haven't seen that no. one. no Man, all of those but bad yeah stinkers. yeah and the, the thing is too is what you got to realize is when people are opening your email they're they're like this is different than on instagram if you post something on instagram everybody's going to see the exact same thing but when you write an email people are going to either read it like on their phone or they're going to read it on their laptop or on their desktop which is yay big or that wherever and in all different apps and all different formats. So it's not necessarily going to look the way you want it to look anyway. So stick to text and maybe add one photo. So that's like what I would say. Plus the really, you know, the one thing you got to do is have a really big colorful button because whenever you're emailing people, you want to ask them to do something, do something right? Yes. So if you're asking people to sign up for a workshop, then you've got to have a really big button and make it really clear that if they click this button, they're going to be signing up for your workshop, right? Just make it easy for people. I loving, absolutely loving all of it. Um, okay. So, so I know you have, let's, let's tell everybody about your freebie because you have, you were telling me before we got going that you have this great PDF. Everybody should get it. Tell us more about it. Yeah. So it's called the five automated emails that sell more memberships. And I literally walk people through like in the next half hour, like which of these five emails can you enable in your mind body or well, if, if you're using a different software, you're going to have to probably get my help to figure out where to do this, but that's all right. Yeah. And it's the ones that will sell you more memberships because you're offering more value to your students. So it's emails that are not pushy. They're very fast to set up and they will help you um, show people why they should be signing up for a membership with your studio. If you're not a studio, you can still do these things and think of it as not selling more memberships, but just building a connection, getting people to show up to your classes. Love it. And folks, there's a button here, but Peter, tell us your website. If people are listening later on the podcast or something, where can they go get the PDF? Yeah, that'll be at nomorenewsletters.com slash slash voice. Cool. Love it. Yep. Um, and all right, so I want to, how are we going for time? Okay, great. I've got a, done another couple of questions, if I may. I'm a big fan of, um, we talk a lot here about retention. So people come once, how do you keep them coming back? Or people have come for a while and they go away. How do you, in, like this sort of like a re-engagement thing and then there's a retention, immediate retention thing. You mentioned now that um, one thing that you can do is the, here's a bit more about me email. You also talked about the, um, I love the idea of the before they get like where to start quiz kind of which one should you choose? What are some other ideas for retention? Someone's come once and you want them or they've bought an intro pass and you want them to keep coming back. So the key thing is simply to understand why is someone coming back or not coming back? So I'm a big fan of the survey for both people who are sort of your regulars and for the people who are not. You want to understand the reasons because if you do not understand why people are coming back or not coming back, you're just, you know, you're just taking guesses and any action that you take may not work. So 
um, of course, the people who come to your classes, you can verbally ask them, like, why are you coming to my classes, right? Or you can have the receptionist at the studio ask or something like that, right? But the people who don't come, you cannot ask them because they're not there. So you're going to have to ask them in some other way. Fortunately, if you've been doing what you and I have been telling people to do, you have their email address. So this is amazing. Mm. And you can send them an email. And now for someone who hasn't been in a while, you know, you want to be really respectful of their time. Probably, you know, at this point in their life, coming to yoga classes is just not a priority. Otherwise, they would have been there. So you want to be really respectful of their time and just send it. I would say send a very quick email and you can either do this yourself. If, if, if you don't have a ton of people, you can totally send this manually. It'll take you like five minutes, right? If you have a lot of people, set it up to, so that it is automated and say, hey, I noticed that you haven't been in a while. We've missed you or I've missed you. You know, just curious, like, can you tell me you know, why haven't you been coming? No hard feelings whatsoever. Just want to understand how I can be of better use. And if you phrase it that way, sure, not everybody's going to respond, but you're going to get some responses. And the ones you do get will be really helpful and insightful in telling you what to do next, right? Mm. You just got to be a little bit careful that if, if a lot of people tell you it's too expensive that you don't immediately go lower your prices. But anyway, they should hire you for those things. So, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, oh, uh... So, okay, so that's retention and then re-engagement. Oh, there was some, do you have a, do you have a, um, I have a bit of a thing about uh, merge fields and making sure that you're talking to one person at a time. Do you have an opinion on, hey, yogis versus hello, Amy, or what do you think about that? Yeah, so the statistics show that it doesn't really matter whether you use people's first name or not. Um, I'm sure you could get really fancy, but I think I always tell people just try and keep it really simple. Like nobody, well, the vast majority of people, if you're sending like sort of a email to a group of people will know that you're sending an email to a group of people. Yeah, yeah. So you're not, you're not like tricking anybody by writing, hi, Amy, you know, they, they realize that this is not a, well, most people will realize this. Um, <laughs> And so if it makes you feel better to use people's first names, then go ahead. If you don't want to, yeah. it's really no big deal. I tend to err on the side of like, do whatever is fast. You know, like if you don't know how to set up the merge, don't, don't worry about it. Don't just don't do mm. it. Mm. Um, because there are probably better ways that you can spend your time, you know, and achieve whatever goal you have. Um, on the other hand, if you want to make people like if, if a goal for you is that you want to build connections with people one-on-one, -on -one, you really want to get to know people better, then you can invest some more effort into getting people to respond to your emails, right? And, and having a two-way conversation. And then of course, if they, once they're responding, you'll have to manually respond to whatever they say. Um, so yeah, it depends a little bit on what your goal is, but in the yeah. end, I, I, I think it's not the most important thing in the world. Nice one. And so what about then, um, just about uh, making sure that people often say to me, uh, I just go straight into people's junk. I, this might be urban legend, Peter, but I, my understanding is that if people engage with your emails sooner, then you're less likely to get put into promotions or junk. Do you have a, a take on that? I mean, are these people selling Viagra also in the <laughs> newsletter? Because that would definitely put, put you in the junk <laughs> All right, no, yeah, maybe I mean, that was that particular Viagra yoga. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, it's true that in certain software, it tries to filter out email, emails that are likely to be a newsletter or a promotion or marketing material, and they'll put those yeah. in a different tab. There's really not that much you can do about it. Like The more casual and conversational you keep the, your emails, that's good advice, by the way. 
you know, because a lot of times people are very nice and conversational in person. And then when they have to write something down, they suddenly sound like some extremely formal, you know, yes. or they go totally in the other direction and it's very spiritual and woo woo and nobody has any clue what you're saying. So just, just be natural, be conversational, keep it simple. Um, and, and be you. But if you do that, that's going to give you the highest likelihood of your emails actually showing up in people's inboxes. But of course, those people who don't want to see any marketing emails from anybody. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have their system set up so that they won't. There's nothing you can do about it. Just, you know, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what else? Is there anything else that you this is that thing, you know, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you need to share with us? Any other wisdom that you want to throw into the mix that we haven't covered so far? No, I would just I would just really encourage people to whether they're an independent teacher or uh, a yoga studio. And, and we've mentioned this. I just want to reiterate it because it's the number one most important thing is to collect people's yeah. email addresses, yeah. all of your yogis email addresses, because all of the things that you've been talking about today, Amy, none of these things help if you don't have people's email addresses. So, so that's got to be the number one thing. If you're a teacher, you can simply ask people for this at the beginning or at the end of class. If you are a studio, then um, probably a lot of people are going to find you through your website first. So on your website, have a very big prominent form where you're telling people that you're going to help them out in some way. You're going to help them choose a class, all the things we talked about mm -hmm. in exchange for their email address. Um, also, if you have a studio, obviously, you can have the receptionist ask everybody, hey, do we have your email address on file already? That's, that's sort of the, the, the number one thing. And, and just on that, you mentioned the GDPR stuff before. Um, folks, mm. be a yogi when you're collecting people's email addresses just because you picked up someone's card or you met someone for some other reason or you're not allowed to put them on your email list. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got you've to just be honest with people about this. Yeah, you just yeah. say, like, you know, can, can I have your email address so I can send you some useful tips and let you know when we've got some, some event coming up. Like now you're being honest with people because that's what you're going to do. You don't want to say, oh, can I have your email address just so I can send you this one thing? And then you yeah. send them like lots of, you know, yeah. be honest about it. And yeah, of course, some people are going to be like, oh, that means I'm going to get more than one email from you. Like, I don't want that. And then they'll say no, but that's fine because those people were going to be ticked off anyway by your email. So like you, that wasn't going to result in anything for you anyway. Yes, I like that. And, and I also like the, uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but for anybody, not that you are anymore because we've already banned you, but from anybody who has been like BCCing people, again, using software means that it's very easy for people to unsubscribe. So for anybody who's thinking, yeah. oh, I don't want to annoy people or what if people think I'm pushy, make sure that it's very easy for people to say, I'm done and, and not take it personally when they do. Yeah. Anytime you're using professional email list software, such as MailChimp, Namaste Lite, anything like that, also the mind-body automatic emails, yeah. they'll yeah. all have an unsubscribe link. You don't have to feel bad. Just like you're saying, anybody who doesn't want it, they'll click unsubscribe and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. And for folks that are like, oh my God, three people unsubscribed. I'm not sending out another email in my life. What would you say to them? I... I feel your pain. Like I've definitely <laughs> been there. So <laughs> I understand. But... You just got to remember that like, it's so much easier to sell things to people, to transfer value to people who want what, what? you're offering than to try and convince people who do not already want what you're offering and convince them that they have some problem that you can help them solve or that, you know, I would, the way I think about it is like, I meditate daily, which is a big plus in my life, but 
I don't go around telling everybody I meet, do you meditate already? Because if you don't, you really probably should because it just, it does not work. People hate you. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, And it's kind of the same approach here. Like if people, you know, talk to the people who want to hear from you. I, you know, this, you're such a classy guy. Whenever I make an analogy like that, you do meditation. I always seem to default to dating. Thanks for raising the bar here, Peter, on the analogies and metaphors that we use. Yeah. I really appreciate that. It's been super fun talking with you. I hope everybody watching is feeling more inspired about using email as a great way to share what it is that you're doing with people. Stop spending too much time doing boring newsletters with stuff that people don't want to hear about. Um, I loved your point, Peter, about it's okay if you don't know how to design. And if you think you do, maybe get someone else to check. (laughs) Yep, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No more chakra colored fonts through your emails. Definitely not. And that, and Peter, just such a great point, like automate as much as you can so that you get to do the stuff that you're good at and stop avoiding the stuff that actually needs to be done. Especially, especially once you grow a little bit. If you if you have a very small studio or you're like an independent teacher, you don't have a ton of people yet. Don't worry about automating; it will just take too much time. But once you grow a little bit, yeah, don't you know? Don't do the same thing twenty times yourself. Yeah, folks, go get uh, go get Peter's PDF. It's a super useful resource. Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you, thank you, Amy, for having me on. If you've enjoyed these interviews and you're interested in having my support as your yoga business coach, check out the information about my coaching package at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash coaching.